Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. That is Alan Saunders. That makes me Zachary Smith. Alan, I don't know if the, the people couldn't see you, but I could see you. You're doing like the, if people are also Penguins fans that watch or listen to this show, Tom Kunock will used to mouth the players' intros from the bench, and that's what you were kind of doing the entire time <laughs> the intro was playing. What's going on, Alan? You know, busy day, lots of cuts. There was some jamming, stuff happening. Jamming to the music. Stuff happened. Stuff happened. Smitty, you you did my job today. Can this is where we need to start, okay? Because Kendrick <laughs> Green gets traded to the Houston Texans. I had thought that there was a good chance that Kendrick Green was going to get traded. I, I just I felt like he was going to have value to someone around the league, so I was not surprised by that. I wasn't ever surprised to see the news broken by yours truly, our <laughs> Zachary Smith of Steelers Afternoon yeah. breaking the news that Kendrick Green was going to the Houston Texans. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah, so it's funny. I can literally, I mean, you know, people say don't share your sources. It's funny because anybody that follows Kendrick Green's dad on Twitter, which is, I mean, he's pretty, I wouldn't say he's ingrained the exact same way as Mr. Highsmith, Alex Highsmith's dad, but relatively similar. Uh, He retweeted something about Kendrick and CJ Stroud playing together. And I was like, did Kendrick? get trade to the Texans so I messaged him and he was like yeah we're on our way to Houston so all go. the best to him fresh start fresh opportunity for him there um you know obviously he's been a uh 
the whipping boy for that offensive line over the last few seasons, but uh, wish him nothing but the best. No, it's, it's never been a personal thing. And listen, I think the team failed him more than he failed the team. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, it's not Kendrick Green's fault. They drafted him in the third round, played him out of position, started him as a rookie, and then are like, oh, that didn't work? What the heck? You know, mm-hmm. um, I really think, you know, while this day, a couple days where Omar Khan gets – you know, sixth round pick for Kendrick Green and and trades up in two rounds uh, in exchange for Kevin Dotson. And you look at the offensive line that they're putting on the field this year, it feels like such a success for this team, for Omar Khan. It also feels like, man, what they did in 2021 was bad and dumb. And like some of us said it was bad and dumb while it was happening. And we were right. Like that was a a poorly thought out, poorly constructed offensive line with a poor process in front of an old broken down quarterback. And like, they kind of wasted that year as a result of it. And uh, yeah. So you know, I don't think you ever celebrate trading a third round pick for a sixth round pick two years in, like that's not, it's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they should feel pretty good about what they got out of Kendrick green. And I think they should feel good about the, offensive lineman that they kept like i mean i think despite trading kevin dotson and kendrick green i think they have quality depth there i really love dylan cook who also played a little bit of guard in addition to being what i thought is a clear fourth best tackle spencer mm-hmm. anderson played all five positions and seems like he can be a good backup and nate herbig is the best backup guard they've had in a really long time whoever doesn't start at left tackle is going to be a really good player that's not in that first five. So I'm not concerned about the offensive line. I'm not concerned about the depth. I think Omar Khan did a great job and really looking ahead, like, man, the draft capital is starting to pile up there in a pretty significant way where if they want to make a move in season or something like that, they now have the flexibility to do that. So, I mean, I think it's a great trade and I think it's a good thing for Kendrick green too. He clearly just needed a change of scenery, a place that's not so loaded at guard. Maybe he can, you know, that's the position he played in college. Like the Steelers never really gave him a chance to do that. I would like to see if he could be an NFL guard. He's a little bit undersized, but he's certainly a very good athlete. And I'm intrigued by the fullback stuff. I think the Steelers were onto something there. I don't think they were just blowing smoke with that. I think they thought he could do it. The question was, could he do enough to make the team in other areas? I'm so intrigued, but not that this is a Texans podcast, but Bobby Slowick being the offensive coordinator there coming from the 49ers where he was the run game coordinator and everybody knowing, you know, how good that 49ers and how creative their offense is. Curious to see what that fit is like. And yeah, the Texans are down a bunch of offensive linemen right now. So he might have an opportunity very early for them. Uh, Week four, the Steelers go to Houston to play the Texans. So we'll see if he's in the lineup. Also, uh, the Texans after that trade cut, Former Pitt center Jimmy Morrissey, who I believe we brought up on this podcast as a potential option to be the yes. Steelers' backup center. Starting out there. Starting out We're there. not saying, just saying. No, yep, not saying, just saying. They, the Steelers also, I mean, as we get, we can talk about the cuts here, but uh, they're going to have a roster spot to play with. They kept four specialists. I guess I feel like that's other than, I mean, we, we yeah, uh, that's the other thing. It's like, what, huh? You know, um, there's been some serious trade interest in Braden Mann, specifically from the Philadelphia Eagles, but I feel like they weren't the only team. A lot of teams unhappy with their punting situation. However, I think the Steelers probably had a deal with Braden, with, with the Eagles for Braden Mann, but Drew Chrisman was cut by the Cincinnati Bengals and Corliss, Corliss Waitman was cut by the New England Patriots. And both of those guys, I think, are pretty good. Interestingly enough, both of them also former Steelers. It seems like the Steelers have an eye for good punting. I don't know. <laughs> like, 
maybe we should talk about that. But um, maybe that is a, throwing a wrench in that, where maybe the Eagles think they might be able to get one of those guys for nothing and don't have to trade anything for man, or maybe they just want to wait and see if they will be able to get one of those guys. But they cut Aaron Sipos, so they don't even have a punter right now. They have to make some kind of move. And so I would be surprised if we're sitting here, you know, September 9th, talking about the two punters on the Steelers roster. One, one of those two is getting traded. And don't think it definitely has to be man, even though I think in that competition, Harvin clearly won it. Uh, if you can get more for him and you can't get anything for man, uh, I think you take what you can get. The punter position is not all that valuable. If you can keep stacking draft capital while uh, you know you trade from your depth, then you just keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those other partners you brought up, I really like Corliss Waitman uh, in his brief time here. So, um, but yeah, we'll see how that plays out. You you mentioned that the, I was because I was going to follow up by asking how long do you think it would be before we see some activity with one of those, regardless of which one it was. I don't. I guess they don't necessarily have to do anything immediately, but waivers clear at noon tomorrow. I would yeah. anticipate being fairly shortly after that. I mean, it, there's nothing else to wait for once teams know who's getting claimed on waivers. If they're going to make a move, they'll make it. And, you know, they have two guys that were veterans that they cut, Braden Fajoko and Zach Gentry. So those guys did not need to go through waivers. So they can go to those guys and say, hey, we're going to cut you. We have every intention of bringing you back after we clear this roster spot back open. Um, they've done that before. Like they did that with Marcus Allen before the season last year when they needed to get somebody on injured reserve. It's basically the same same kind of process. But – I mean, those guys aren't going to wait around forever, right? So if the Steelers – I would be really surprised if this time tomorrow there's still two punters on the roster. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, I guess we can dive into uh, some of these cuts. Now, you mentioned two of them already with Fajoko and Gentry, and I'd say those are two of the more notable ones. We talked about are they going to keep all of their very good defensive linemen? It is Fajoko as the odd man out. I guess maybe if you were looking at skill sets – the most redundant, I guess. I mean, I, I really like Fajoko for what he would bring in keeping the linebackers clean, taking on those double teams in the middle. But I guess they feel like they already have that and opting to, you know, maybe go with more pass rush juice in an Armin Watts or somebody. So uh, Fajoko, uh, the defensive lineman, odd man out. What was your thought on that? Yeah, I was you know, him. And, those are the two guys, Fajoko and Gentry, that I did not, that I had on my 53 that did not make it. And um, I think Fajoko is a little bit less surprising just because eight defensive linemen is just a is just too many. It, it really is too many. And even though I thought all eight were NFL players, it did not seem workable to me um, that, that they were going to have eight that they could play on a kind of regular basis. And so um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, he's a guy that they could bring back if, if they've cleared, if they're able to clear a spot in another way, and they think they're going to do that here in the next 24 hours or so, um, maybe he could even go to the practice squad. I don't know. I feel like he's an NFL player, though. Like I feel like mm -hmm. someone would give him an opportunity if the Steelers are not going to. Um, and then Gentry was the other one, and I thought this situation was a lot more feasible because Gentry is a core special teamer, and Connor Hayward was kind of filling that versatile role where it wasn't like they had four tight ends they had three tight ends and a tight end h-back fullback running back you know and so i really thought that gentry would make this team i thought gentry would play on game days i'm really surprised by that release um and i'm surprised if they were gonna cut him why didn't they do it earlier you know he was in a boot during this week at training camp 
mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just a lot. Not you know, maybe they intended to release him then and just told him we don't want you to get hurt. I, that then why not cut him earlier? I, I don't know. It's it's that that process doesn't really make any sense to me. And and I think that's probably the guy that if you really think about like everyone that was cut, um, would be the only one that I really think maybe like later on this year you could think oh really should have kept him you know like i, I really you know I'm, I'm not sure anybody else really feels that way to me even fahoko just because they do have imon adams and and keanu benton two other guys that can do that um they don't really have another zach gentry Darnell washington's a different kind of athlete different kind of player very good run blocker but still not the same and also like what happens if Pat Fryermuth gets hurt? Like none of those other guys, Hayward and Washington, do not fit the sort of standard tight end lane in a way that I think Gentry could if if Fryermuth was injured. And so I don't know. That that's the one cut to me that I think looked questionable. The rest of these guys, some of these guys I thought were, you know, sort of upsets to be here on the last day to begin with. And, and we can kind of do you wanna do you wanna go down them all of them or, or how do you wanna Yeah, I was actually gonna ask you real quick your opinion on something because obviously we've gotten how the Steelers feel about it now, but Mont Adams versus Fahoko, because we've seen Adams running with the ones. Uh when you look at you know those other names, whether it's you know Benton, who they're obviously still integrating, still a young player. Uh, not surprising that he's not the number one in the depth chart yet, but also with Fahoko. How did you look at those two players, meaning Fahoko and Mont Adams comparatively? I thought Mon Adams, he does more, right? He can be a nose tackle and a backup three technique. And I don't think that either really Fahoko or Benton, Fahoko just because he's kind of physically limited, he's not very explosive, and Benton because they just haven't put that on his plate yet as a young player, have not done that. And so I thought very – I thought – Really, that made Adams more secure than either Fahoko or Armin Watts, who's the same thing mm-hmm. the other way, where he's a three-tech but not a nose tackle. I thought Adams' versatility kind of made him a lock, and then obviously you're not going to cut the second-round pick. And so then then where does that other cut come from? Is it Loudermilk? He has that same versatility you know, farther out. He can play three, five, even played a little bit of edge this year. I think, you know, to me, this cut came down to Fahoko and Watts, the two guys that really only play one spot. Gotcha. Okay. And that's what I thought. All right. Yeah. So let's go through uh, some more of these other cuts. Today's round of cuts, including Luke Barku, Chris Wilcox, we mentioned Fahoko, Jonathan Marshall, Nick Kwiatkowski, David Perales, Quincy Roche, Greg Bell, Zazavian Valade, Trenton Thompson, Trey Norwood, Rodney Williams, Jordan Bird, and Des Fitzpatrick. I should have brought up Trey Norwood with just because he's, you know, he was a seventh round pick a few years ago, but he's played NFL games. He's had a role on this team in the past. Uh, and he was part of the round of cuts today, too. So we can, just, I guess, just however you want, kind of get into this round of cuts. Yeah, Trey Norwood, not a surprise cut to me. Um, yeah. Just injured, you know, missed most of training camp, didn't really have a chance to make an impact, and, you know, was was not able to show kind of the same versatility as a guy like Elijah Riley was. I feel like that was one or the other, and I thought it was pretty clear that it should have been Riley. Riley's just a better playmaker. Um and, and more versatile. I think he was the better slot corner, which is the position out of those two slot corner and safety that I feel like they have a more a greater need at like, but behind Fitzpatrick and Neil and KZ, how much is the fourth safety going to play safety? Not very much. And so like, to me, I think Riley being a better slot corner than Norwood made that a pretty easy choice. Uh, great kid, very like an intelligent safety and a, and a smart player. I think he'll find a spot somewhere, whether it's here on the practice squad or somewhere else. 
Um, not really surprised by any of the other moves. James Pierre, I did not think was very good in camp, but I thought he was clearly the best of their other options at cornerback in terms of the outside. And um, linebacker, Nick Kwiatkowski, I, you know, I liked him. I just, I thought Tanner Muse was better than him. I was a little surprised he was kept over him. Um, same thing, honestly, at safety. I thought Kenny Robinson was better than Trenton Thompson, who's in this last round of cuts. Those four guys, those guys, I would expect some combination of them to make it to the practice squad, Kwiatkowski and or Muse, Thompson, Robinson, and or Norwood. I'm not sure which order or which way they're going to go. Some of those guys may look for better opportunities, especially at safety, where, I, like I said, Steelers are pretty stacked up, although linebacker not looking a lot more promising either. On the edge, not surprised that David Perales, uh, really, I mean, he didn't have any chance of making this team from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Fascinating prospect. I hope he makes it to the practice squad good kid and i think um i'm interested to see if he can make it work as an nfl player but he's gonna take some time quincy roche on the other side you know sixth round pick a couple of years ago and really just to me feels like this is a guy that's it's not working out you know uh, we've not seen any sort of production from him at the nfl level through now two steelers training camps and two seasons with the new york giants and wouldn't be entirely surprised if they just kind of cut bait with him it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back as a guy who knows the system as a backup on the practice squad. Either can also play a lot of special teams if he's needed to be called up. Jonathan Marshall didn't have a prayer making this team. I thought he played well on the defensive line, but there were just too many good players. Yeah. I want to see like the number 10 defensive yeah, lineman. I mean, like like it, it. You know, I feel bad for Roddy Williams is that on the other side on offense, you know, yeah. fifth tight end, even with Zach Gentry getting cut, he couldn't make the team. I thought Roddy Williams deserved to make an NFL roster. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll get claimed on waivers. But, uh, you know, just just had no chance. Des Fitzpatrick was a guy who looked really good early in camp, just wasn't able to carry that over in the – you know, Mike Tomlin always talks about those in-stadium games having more weight, and he leaves the preseason with zero catches on two targets. It's not going to get it done. And so, you know, I think – that's pretty clear. Maybe he's a special team, or maybe he's a, a practice squad guy. Did show some special teams ability, um, and the offensive line. You know, Dylan Cook. I thought really stole a job here. You know, he was a guy with mm-hmm. zero expectations. Was cut by the Buccaneers last year. Didn't bring him back. Um, Steelers brought him in late in OTAs. He just picked up everything and, and did good work. Man, former college quarterback. Love him as a person. Like a great kid. Uh, just has a, an incredible appetite and enthusiasm for the game. And so I'm excited about him being around. And uh, yeah, Spencer Anderson, versatility, man. That's the name of the game there. Can play all three positions. Don't know if he can play them well. Don't know if I'd be happy about him playing them for any length of time right now as a rookie seventh round pick. But I just think the versatility is key there. And that's what gets him um, into the into the 53. Running back and, and quarterback, you know, they, they seemed like they were set a month and a half ago. So don't feel like there was a, a shock or a surprise there. Yeah. Every draft pick besides the one that was injured, Corey Trice Jr. Making the 53 man roster. And I think Dylan Cook's really a, a great story here for making this, this initial 53 man roster. Would Is there another player? Maybe I'm not thinking of one right now. If you were going to say like, this was this year's Jalen Warren, who kind of came out of nowhere last year's Dylan Cook, the guy on this year's roster. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a cook for sure. And actually, it's interesting, too. And we can, you know, I, to, I wrote about this on the site this morning, which now feels like 97 hours ago. But, <laughs> you know, I think we, we need to sort of change our perspective of like cuts and training camp and in and, and a lot of ways. And I think we're kind of stuck in a mindset where it's like, oh, the bubble guys are these undrafted free agents. And if they don't make the team, 
they're gonna be selling insurance or landscaping next Tuesday and that's the end of it right and then next year we'll repeat that process all over again and the NFL has changed there are now 16 players on the practice squad the Steelers only cut 16 guys today in reality the Steelers Mm -hmm. could have cut no guys today all 16 of those guys could still be back tomorrow like that's a lot of players and also the salaries on the practice squad are not substantial. The minimum salary on the practice squad, if you stay there the whole season, is two hundred seventy thousand dollars. I would take that to be TJ Watt's tackling dummy, man. As long as they have good health insurance, because I'd need it. Uh, <laughs> like th- that's not a bad life. And even the guys that don't make it to the practice squad, or maybe only on the practice squad for a couple weeks throughout the season, the XFL and the USFL are providing guys ways to stay in football from year to year. So, you know, when you're talking about going from a 53-man roster in the regular season to a 90-man roster in the in the offseason, okay, you're going to add seven draft picks. Okay, there's 60. Maybe you finish with like four or five guys on the injured reserve. So there's like 65. In years past, 65 to 90 would be like 15 undrafted guys, right? Like that's, you know, and then like maybe five guys that were on the practice squad before, and, and that's kind of it. Now most of these guys that are coming into training camp have been in training camp before. There are very few, the Steelers signed very few undrafted free agents this year because, I mean, look, experience makes people better. A guy like Des Fitzpatrick, who's in his third training camp, was significantly better than a guy like Jordan Bird the entire way through this process. There was never any point where those two guys were comparable. You know, a guy like, um, at, at running back, think about it, like Darius Hagens, like rookie free agent, HBCU, gave him a good chance. Like Greg Bell, was with the Lions, you know, second practice squad, second time around, significantly better. Some of these guys that were in the XFL, some of these guys that were in the USFL, like that experience shows up on the field in a big way. And I think we're, you know, getting to a point where I don't know if we're ever going to have minor league football, but I think we're going to have football minor leaguers where you're going to have like career practice squad slash XFL, USFL guys that are around for not just a, a cup of coffee that are around for multiple years that keep coming back. Somebody asked me um, when he got put, uh, put on the IR a couple weeks ago, like, how long has Cody White been around? And it's like, uh, uh, that, it's fun. That's literally like, the name like that I was The man has about. literally made a career out of being on the Steelers practice squad. And like, given the salary, that's a good career. Like, I'm not knocking it. Like, that is going to be more and more a normal part of this process. And, you know, this sort of like hope hope go for broke UDFA process is going to be less and less a part of it. I think as we move forward, the spring leagues get more established. The salaries on the practice squad keep going up. The practice squad keeps getting bigger. Uh, you know, I, I think you're, you're talking about really like more and more of the 90 man roster are going to be people that you could legitimately call professional football players and not people that are kind of here on glorified tryouts and I think that makes for better quality football, but I think we also need to like kind of tone down the drama about today because really nobody got cut from, you know, everyone that was on the roster this morning will still be making $270,000 this year, like at least not bad, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's, um, that that's a part of this that we should probably be talking about a little bit more and acknowledge in, in a more significant way. Also, very important note on Cody White. He once told me that I was a great dancer. So, you know, a little bit biased there towards Cody White. Um, I, I like ask Cody. you. He uh, he got waived from the uh, injured reserve, but I would yeah. I would not be surprised if he's back. Yeah, hopefully we've not seen um, the last of Cody White. 
<laughs> it's like that uh and, and i'm not saying that we're trying to get rid of him but you know that simpsons meme where they're throwing out the door and then he's just behind him he's back yeah that was like the, the the meme for robert spillane for all those years for the steelers you just couldn't get rid of him so the steelers can't get rid of cody white from the practice squad there you go um i want to ask you if any of these moves have we talked yesterday about like a group that could be added to or something like that and again with very few surprising moves Maybe not, but I didn't know if anything that happened today has changed your mind on a group that could be added to. No, not really. I feel, still think backup center, slot corner are the places that feel like glaring needs. Maybe outside corner, if they could upgrade on James Pierre, that feels unlikely. Did you see, uh, maybe people don't even know who this is if they're not like huge draft people, but the Colts waved rookie corner Darius Rush, and I was like super surprised by that. Ooh. I was like, man. Wouldn't mind seeing I, um, him. That's interesting to me. I, I really mm-hmm. liked him in the process. Uh, big dude. Like, he'd be that outside guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, I thought they were going to take Corey Trice when they took him there. In the fifth they round. just went for I mean, they because they took Julius Brents earlier. They were like, we're just yeah, going to take were, big corners. I mean, the great, Steelers. It was a much. great. It was a great big DB draft. So I mean, yeah. I like the the thought process there. But um, yeah, that's an interesting name. I saw a bunch of them. I mean, there are a lot of good players out there on waivers. I really get into the whole waiver wire tonight and see if there's somebody I can pick out that I think the Steelers should go after. But. Uh, you know. A lot of vet DBs as well. I mean, Desmond King's on the market. That's a veteran nickel. Um, Bradley Roby, also released by the Saints, although he's three straight years now, it seems like, declined. Yeah, he was um, pretty rough last year, so I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, just some veteran DBs have gotten released. But uh, And then also, because we you know, didn't think that Gentry was going to be cut, and then that really didn't impact how you felt about Rodney Williams regardless, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I love Rodney Williams. I just don't think he was going to make it over. Like, you know, I guess you could argue for Rodney Williams over Miles Boykin. You know, I guess that's mm-hmm. uh, that's really about the only thing I could uh, I could I could really make an argument for. But but other you know, otherwise than that, like you know, it was if you couldn't keep Zach Gentry because you couldn't keep four tight ends and you couldn't keep Rodney Williams. It's not like Rodney Williams is better than Zach Gentry. Like he wasn't, he was really good, but he, he wasn't better, you know? And so I, I can't see that, uh, that there's, uh, yeah. We had someone in the comments. Well. We had someone in the comments, I think going back to last week that said about trading Gentry to keep Rodney Williams. I think it might've been when you were, when we were live, when you were oh, in okay. uh, Atlanta for the Falcons game. Uh, and it just made me think of that too. Cause I'm wondering now if, if Rodney Williams will still be the practice, like, do you give it a good, better chance that Rodney Williams or Zach Gentry finds work outside of Pittsburgh? Because I think whichever one doesn't will end up being on the practice squad here. I think Gentry will find work. I don't know about Rodney. We'll see. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, anything that you want to get into before I look for some YouTube stuff here to talk about? Mm. No, I believe I've soapboxed. I, I'm excited about. I'm excited about this one comment, and it's not even because of a question. So, if you remember yesterday, I pulled two things from this Jamie here, and they said Zachary used my words so often I might have to rig up my 1996 5.9 liter Dodge Ram for a Steelers Now vehicle, maybe the 2016 Ram. No, the they like have a conversation with with themselves as well. Um, now the older one would look better. Thanks for your work, fellas. It's top shelf. 
So All obviously right. appreciate the kind words, but also yes, that we need that to happen with a vehicle. Um, and the Dodge Ram possible. is perfect. Is a perfect Steelers afternoon drive. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like this is, uh, this is what needs that. So I'm just gonna start calling people out in the comments here, and hopefully everybody follows suit where they're like, oh, this guy's saying my name. I'm gonna make my vehicle a Steelers afternoon drive. There you go. Um, you know what? Because of that, let's give let's give Jamie some more spotlight here. Um, they were talking about where's the comment about Tanner Muse here. Uh, someone pointed out Muse and Robinson as strategy to sneak them back in, in some co- incomprehensible way. I'm not understanding the logic behind that or how that works. Could you explain? Oh, so that's like the early cut theory. Like you know, we we. Uh we kind of uh, talked about that the other day, I think too, where like back, you know, under the old rules, you, know, you would try to cut people early to kind of sneak them through waivers, you know, and, and not on that last day. Um, I, it does not really thing anymore. They're all going to go through waivers at the same time. Um, you know, like if you have two good safeties, sometimes you would cut one and then see like, Oh, does he get claimed or not? Because maybe if he gets claimed, we don't want to cut the other one, you know, um and, and kind of hedge your bets that way i i don't think there's anything to that i i still don't know why they cut muse and robinson ahead of kwiatkowski and thompson but they did and we'll see what if any impact that has on those guys making it to the practice squad tomorrow and we will actually know that when it's time to have this podcast i would guess you know the waiver's clear at noon i would assume in the early afternoon maybe not all 16 spots but we should have a pretty good idea of which guys are joining the steelers uh, practice squad Okay, and then uh, Burge Sports fan here wants to know, do you think the Steelers actually like James Pierre or are they keeping him out of a necessity with a lack of cornerback depth? I think James Pierre is the kind of player that you, you let hang around because he has athletic ability and traits but lacks consistency. I think you always kind of give those guys – uh, someone was mm-hmm. asking me about a pit player the other day who was on the depth chart in a spot that they didn't think that he, that he belonged. And I was like, he's tall and fast, man. Those people get lots of chances. And that's, that's just kind of where I'm at with James Pierre. Like he's tall and fast. It, it's you're you know, if you're talking about replacing him with a player in that spot, it's going to take a good player to be better than James Pierre. Now, you could have a player that's more consistent than James Pierre. You could just play like Shannon Sullivan on the outside. But there are going to be physical limitations to what he can do in, in the realm of that position. And, you know, you don't really want that. You want to be able to back up your spot. And so I think the Steelers are not under any illusions about what kind of player James Pierre is. But I think he's hanging around because anytime you're talking about a player that has physical traits but lacks consistency, there's always sort of that caveat of what they might be right what what he has the potential to eventually become i think we're probably running out of time on that for james but uh that's why he's going to keep getting chances because he's tall and he's fast and when it comes to cornerback that's a lot of the job he could be in real trouble if we get our hands on darius rush though yes that would probably (laughs) do it i mean because he's also tall and fast and four years younger Right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's, and I don't know why the cuts cut him and I, or the Colts cut him and I haven't seen any of his preseason tape, but I watched the draft process and he is both of those boxes, tall and strong and or tall and fast. And so, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's it. Unless, unless you got anything else, you can tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your work. I think you've got about 30 or so stories within the last 10 minutes, even <laughs> while we were recording. I think we have like five more. Yeah, all the works at SteelersNow.com, at PGH SteelersNow on YouTube. My stuff is at A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, on Instagram, probably on like threads, but I forget to ever post there. <laughs> are, there are you people yeah. on threads or blues? If people are on threads and blue sky and want like this show and our other stuff to be posted there, leave a comment, and let me know, and I'll do it. I just don't feel like. I just feel like I'm shouting into the void over there. So I don't know. I put our teasers on threads. So that's about there the only go. thing I use threads for. So I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would. If there's if people tell me they're on threads and they want my stuff there, I'll put it there. But I'm I'm not going there on my own because there's nobody else around. It's like creepy old it's like the Century Three Mall. You just wander in, you're like, it kind of <laughs> looks familiar, but there's nothing here. That's yeah. the second time somebody's brought up the Century Three Mall that I was list that has gone into my ears today. I was watching back an old podcast and somebody mentioned it was like they mentioned how like Century Three Mall used to be just like an attraction when they yeah. were growing up and what it's turned into. And now you mentioning it, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm going to walk upstairs and my mom's going to be like, Hey, do you hear about century three mall? I'm like, what now? The universe uh, I got to leave. Universe I got to leave this episode with a parting message right on my mic here. Uh, if it will stay, it's a sticky note. We'll see if it's still sticky. Thanks, Chris. Uh, we got, we have a watcher, Chris Nestrick that pointed out that for the first, I don't know, 22 episodes of the show, my mic was upside down, so Shore was upside down, and their OCD, it was, like, killing them. So they uh, replied to us, I think, when I said something about the show and said, can you please turn your mic the right direction so Shore is no longer upside down. So there you go. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. I've been meaning to do that, but uh, finally got on it for you. Um, you. Total missed opportunity. You should have put the post-it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't do it now either it's, yeah, yeah it's you needed to you needed to thank chris <laughs> upside down is that really would have been or just like yeah cover my entire camera or something upside there, down yeah, with it yeah, there yeah. anyways thanks chris thanks for watching or listening to the show i believe oh, he always watches it, everyone, I think so. and thanks to everybody that watches or listens to the show whether that's jamie whether that's chris anybody else in the comments get active as you can see we love you know, mentioning the things that you guys say and talking about the topics that you guys want us to talk about. You're the reason we're here. So subscribe, leave us a like, hit that notification bell, leave us a comment as well. Like I just said, leave us a five star review if you're listening somewhere that is not YouTube. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. That is Alan Saunders. And until tomorrow, we'll talk to you then. Bye bye.